welcome to the Panoramic Outdoors Podcast, connecting you to all things outdoors. Welcome to episode 121 from Panoramic Outdoors. I'm Sheldon Grant, and tonight I'd like to say a huge thanks to Jiffy Icehoggers. They've been supporting our podcast now for just over six months, and we always have to give them a huge shout out. So if you're ever looking to get into a new ice auger for next winter, or you're looking at getting some accessories, go to jiffyonice.com and help them out as they help us out. But today's intro is actually kind of new. It's a little bit different because we're missing one guy named Chase Drylick. He's at, he's not present. So it's Tristan and I trying to pull the reins here on this ship, and I'm very excited to do that because... I don't know if Chase has ever missed an intro or even missed a podcast episode. So this this might be a new one for us. Yeah, he's definitely the workhorse in, in some ways here. But so if it sounds funny, it's because Chase did something wrong on the back end that we, we can't control. <laughs> well, you know, the funny thing is there, Tristan, is that I've been uh, trying to take the reins and doing some editing with the podcast. So I was very nervous with the Quentin Blair one because I thought you and you and Chase did a fabulous job talking with him. It was such a good podcast to listen to. And when I was editing it, I was like, man, I better not fuck this up because this is like gold. <laughs> that guy, that guy is pretty neat. Hey, like that was kind of the first time you getting down and talking with him. Man, Quinnon's a Quinnon's a beauty. And it's a shame that I hadn't connect with connected with him earlier because he I know we say everyone's a nice person that comes on our podcast and 100 percent they are. But like Quentin is like one of the salt of the earth kind of guys that would like, I, I might not, uh, you know, f- fit his chaps, but I'm sure he'd give me his chaps if I needed a pair. Yeah. Situation. Yeah. Like I've never really got to sit down and talk with him too much, but it, when Josh and I did some winter camping, he showed up there and checked out the bell canvas tent and he mentioned it in that podcast. But when he was there, man, I could just tell like he was, uh, he was a yeah salty earth type guy he's, he's a cool dude and we we often have conversations through instagram and stuff so um yeah that was a good podcast We're very well done with you guys um but moving on it's kind of like that limbo season we aren't doing or not that i know of, unless you're doing it without telling us but no hmm. turkey or bear hunting what have you been doing the last couple of weeks it seems like the middle of the seasons here well, there's been a few things colluding against us. I think one of them mainly is the weather we've been experiencing in Manitoba here. So if you're not from Manitoba, we've just had like the like precipitation downpour of, of the century coming through uh, snow, snow, snow until it was rain kind of situation. And so I think that's really kept a lot of folks hunkered down in a lot of ways. Right. Um, but I am... I'm busy as ever here. I'm behind on a lot of things at home. Uh, we're, we're getting our camper prepped as camping season is about to come, come around the, uh, the corner here. We're headed up to Hecla and, uh, the, well, we got a good start on a lot of our gardening stuff. Um, there's some stuff that's been hung up because of the, the snow and the rain sticking around so long. It's been hard to really dive into. Yeah. I was going to, like, I was going to say me and you don't get, a, get to, uh, talk too much on the podcast like doing the intros and stuff so maybe a little bit of catching up here some people might be getting bored already but with your gardening stuff i know you and carly do a lot of prep before even putting anything into the ground uh like um i guess it'd be like some sort of like spring uh what is it called hypo no not hypo hydroponics 
Oh, we don't do hydroponics. That'd be cool. But we like we started we start a lot of stuff from seed just because it can get really expensive to to buy seedlings from the greenhouse. So right. Um, things like your that take longer to grow, like your tomatoes and your peppers, will will we'll start from seed. Right. And what is that? You want to just like maybe just educate me a little bit when it comes to where's your cost benefit and then what do you got to do to actually make that all happen to have success? Sure. Uh, I, I won't speak to all of it cause I'm not an expert in, in all of it, but I'll, I'll say that like the, the, the cost benefit kind of comes out to like, you're able to plant a lot of seeds for rather cheap. Some of the costs catch up to you where you're either having to maintain gear or uh, electricity, but right. some of the, some of the benefit is you get to control what you grow a lot better. So like a lot of these tomato varieties that I'm growing, they might like some of the greenhouses won't have them. So um, I get, I get more control over what's going on in, in, in my garden, which is nice. So when you're doing this, do you ever harvest seeds at the end of the year to replant for the following year? Yeah. I actually just talked about this on a hot sauce video that I'm going to do for the, for the, for YouTube. But uh, yeah, so I do harvest seeds, the, the, which is great way to like have some cost recovery. The the one downside is some of them will cross pollinate. So you might end up with a bit of a surprise next year as to what you're planting. It's kind of like a, uh, a little bit of like a roulette wheel sometimes. Right. And what, what are those, like your jalapenos, your tomatoes, or what are you doing with that? I do with my peppers and my tomatoes. Uh, um, some of the tomatoes aren't so easy to harvest seeds from like the Romas don't have a lot of seeds to begin with, but like some of your larger tomatoes and, uh, even some of the cherry tomatoes are relatively easy to, to harvest the seeds from. So it's, uh, that's pretty, pretty manageable. The, the, the game changer this year, and I'll, I'll do a video on it too. That's been for us is I actually built like a, a seedling rack. Okay. And before we had used something that we just bought from Canadian Tire and it didn't fit the trays very well, it was hard to adjust the light uh, levels. Um, so now we've actually come up, I built something, designed it on the fly. It's heavy, it's big, but all the trays fit in there, they're sturdy, and I'm able to access them a lot easier, which has made this this whole process just that much easier. Nice. And the other thing before we do our, before we wrap up our gardening corner talk here, um, you do raised garden beds. What's your benefit to that? Um, there's a few, the, the soil heats up sooner. So you're able to get stuff in the ground quicker. Okay. Um, you're able to control again, the, the soil that goes in there a little better. And for me, I, uh, I'm getting old, so it's just nice to not have to bend down as far when you're, when you're doing stuff in the garden. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Right on. So that's the gardening talk. The other thing I want to mention or kind of briefly talked with you about, you did, you guys have a seasonal this year in a campground. Um, what are some of the things that um, you're looking forward to camping this year? Are you guys going to be, although you have a seasonal, are you guys going to be going to other places as well? Or I think or is the seasonal kind of like for like the kid and, and, and just the having a place to go. Yeah, it's kind of it. It's, it's about having a bit of a turnkey setup. Um, so we're, we're hoping to do it that way. Um, take some of the pressure off of the, the load up and, and that kind of scenario. We're not going to get out as much as we intended, but uh, I think we're going to get out there enough to make it worth it. Uh, really excited to just honestly just kick back and 
you know, enjoy some time around the campfire where, you know, we're able to get out of a little bit of a different environment. I'm not sure how other people are feeling, but the winter felt really long here. And like some of the days started to feel like Groundhog Day between the the isolation and all, all that kind of stuff. So to be outside doing something that uh, is a little bit more laid back, I'm really looking forward to. So what's moving day? Like what, when's the soonest you can get your seasonal set up? We're getting out there May long. That's when it opens up. I know some of the campgrounds open up the week earlier, but that's as soon as we could get out there um, in, in Hecla. And uh, yeah, it, it's even interesting though, because some of the parks are having trouble right now here in Manitoba just because of the volume of water. So right. I, and I know a lot of the hiking trails and the white shell, for example, are still closed. So just maybe if you're listening, be, uh, you know, check ahead of time if you're planning a hike or something like that, because things are still pretty flooded out right now in some areas. Right, right, right on. Um, but yeah, like today's episode, we got uh, Brianna Jade, is it Jada, Jade, Jada. Um, on the podcast. And like, I've, I think I, I mentioned it before we started talking with her is like, we decided that we wanted to do kind of a podcast episode dedicated to the mothers in the outdoors world, the mothers that support all those fathers, brothers, you know, all those, all those people that are out there, their kids. And, um, you know, with Tristan and Chase having a, and young families, I think this was a great opportunity to ask some questions and just kind of, just kind of reminisce about uh, our childhoods, the, our, you know, Tristan and Chase's children, etc. cetera. Um, but before we get into that, Tristan, the one thing I wanted to ask you, like you, you have a young child. What are some of the things that you've been taking away from, from having one and growing, growing him in the outdoors and your dog and the puppy and all that stuff? It must oh, get, man. Uh, must get tiring, but at the same yeah. time, very, uh, you must feel some success there too. Yeah. I'm definitely feeling overwhelmed some days where that's just, there's not enough daylight there. I don't have enough energy to get it all done anymore. I, I, I think back to the days where we used to, go hunt ducks well we we would go hunt ducks three maybe four times a weekend sometimes and it's just there's no way that was if i get out once a weekend that would be impressive let's just put it that way just because of the volume of work around home yeah um but you're right there there are those moments where like it just pays off in spades um i think of sometimes the way willie and finn my son and my dog interact like they're I call them the two banditos because they, they are constantly uh, in some sort of shenanigans and it just warms my heart to know that they, they got a little partnership going on. Like sometimes it, uh, it causes a little stress because they'll both drink out of the same puddle, for example. So I don't know if you want your, like your toddler drinking out of a puddle, but I don't. So, um, you know, the dog. Okay. But yeah, no, it's been, and, uh, you know, even just seeing how into, uh, some of the activities Finn's been up to, like, it's just so cool. Like uh, he was, uh, he just wants to be in on everything. So if you're in the boat, he wants to be in the boat, checking things out. He, he likes to pretend he's driving the truck. He's got his own little quad now that he drives. So things are shaping nice. up pretty good. And it's giving, giving me some hope that the nice part about the conversation with Brianne here, she's, she's a few years ahead of me. So uh, she's able to provide some insight onto what the, what the next steps look like. I think so. She might actually have like, I just might follow her the whole time and uh, just ask her questions. Like, what can I expect next year? Yeah, exactly. Hey, well, and I think there's a, there's a lot to be said about um, let's just say panoramic outdoors um, as a whole, like it's our group is a big family and, and there's a lot of 
a thank yous and appreciation that has to go to Carly and Jody. Um, even like, I know you guys appreciate them a lot, but even myself, because they, you know, they look after the home while you guys are out, you know, uh, fishing and hunting with, with me or, or whoever else, right. Giving you guys a little bit of that time to breathe and doing all that stuff. So a huge thank you to them, uh, to those women and to any other, like those other women in our lives, like, thanks a lot. Mother's day. It's an appreciation to you guys. So hope, hope everyone or anyone that's listening to this, that's a mother or, or what have you, um, enjoy the day. Oh yeah. That's so, that's so great. Sheldon. Like, of course we got, we got a shout out to the, to the ones that support us though, the ones that we love. And then also like the, just the, the ones that also go out and get it done too. Like how cool is that? Yeah. You know what I absolutely. mean? That one post, I think it was just a few days ago with Carly holding up that trout and I'm just like, that a girl you know, <laughs> showing up person again. That a girl. That seems to be the way the way like that. Yeah. That's how they get it done. So, yeah. um, yeah, we want to wish you all just a, a great weekend and, uh, you know, obviously you probably deserve more than one day a year, but that's, uh, that's all the calendar gives you. So <laughs> I don't know what to say about that. Yeah, for sure. Um, but other than that, like, unless you have anything else we can chit chat about, I'd like to uh, maybe fire this up. Let's give her. To episode 123 we have uh brianne jada with us brianne welcome to the podcast hi guys thank you so much for having me and i guess of note is that you're perhaps one of our more recent ambassadors so welcome to the team is is that in order sheldon well i don't know, I don't know if she's an ambassador but now i guess she might as well be yeah, yeah. and yeah. i'm not sure if you guys can tell but i'm wearing the hoodie today nice. my husband would probably tell you that i've been in it all week because i absolutely love it That's oh good. nice we yeah. actually get we get quite a bit of good feedback on those cities that they're super comfortable. So they are. It's always good, it's always good to hear. Um, and you you recently moved. You were you were just mentioning you're you're in Steinbach and you moved a little farther south. Yep, correct. We bought a gorgeous timber frame home with a bigger property, lots of room for the kids to run around, super close to all of our hunting properties as well. So we're very excited about that. Yeah, I thought the reason for the move was just to get closer to the hunting properties, but now I'm I'm here in the timber frame and extra yeah. room. That that all sounds very nice as well. It it's our dream property, so we definitely lucked out in purchasing it when we did. Well, to get everyone kind of up to speed, I think um, this is going to be dropping on Mother's Day or maybe the day after, and we thought, what better thing to do for on Mother's Day is to get a local mother that's in the outdoors, and so we contacted. Brianne, and she was more than happy to jump on the podcast with us and super excited to have you to ask you some questions. I know for myself, I don't have any kids or even a girlfriend, but people like Tristan and Chase who have young kids that are growing in the outdoor world and you have a little bit of experience here. I think this, this conversation is going to go a long way. Um, and I think a lot of people are going to appreciate it. So, so I'm pretty excited to, to get talking here. I'm so glad that you reached out yesterday. I absolutely was glad for the opportunity. No way I could say no. <laughs> right on so how are we going to start this podcast so we're going to do five burning questions i've got the first one uh and then tristan's going to fill in the second and fourth one so i'll start off like i start off with every other guest if you had one last meal what would you have and uh, what would you uh, have to drink with it oh i would absolutely have i'm a good old steak and potatoes kind of gal um and one last drink would be corona with lime nice, nice. yeah on a I warm crushed. summer day on a patio that would yeah. be 
I like crushing the odd Corona and I always pretend I'm in Mexico when I'm doing it. So absolutely. That's the only way to put it. (laughs) I was going to say that's right up your alley, Sheldon. I feel like I could see you out on the deck crushing a, crushing a Corona for sure. You betcha. (laughs) Um, Okay. That, that was surprisingly easy. We might have to make these a little tougher, eh? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Try to stop me. (laughs) Okay. If you, if you had one piece of gear that you never leave the house without, what would it be? binoculars oh, i nice. have a pair nice. in every single vehicle that we drive like we spend a ton of time on the roads driving back roads gravel roads just scouting and honestly that is probably one of the most frequent family activities that we do because it's easy to get the kids excited and incorporated that way right yeah it's super cool how you say that because i remember when i was younger like every sunday evening not every sunday evening but a lot of Sunday evenings in the summertime. I remember it was like almost a tradition for my mom and dad to load us kids up in the, in this like big boat of a car. We'd go get a, you know, an ice cream cone. And then we'd just tour the back roads, listening yeah. to old country music and looking for deer. And then now it's like to the point for myself, it's the same thing. I, if I go like back, if I go driving and I don't have my binoculars, I'll like double back for like 20 minutes to get my binoculars. You have <laughs> yeah. to. It's, crazy. it's funny you say that. I was just talking to Tristan before we jumped on here and we had just come in from actually turkey scouting and we all piled in the vehicle, grabbed some Slurpees and then we hit the road. <laughs> a a treat awesome. is a must though. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It keeps morale high too, right? Do you, do you have Absolutely. a pair? Do you have a pair of binos that you uh, prefer? Like, is there uh, something to shout out here? No, I don't. Honestly, I got Bushnells, good old mm-hmm. Canadian. Tire, they're reliable they work for me nice yeah, yeah. i bought yeah. chase's kids their own set too and uh i think the downside with that is they don't know where they are 85 percent of the time so yep. Yep. <laughs> so they just line up using dad's vortex anyways so like oh, uh nice. i mean maybe everyone just needs a pair of vortex or bushnells or something but uh yeah, yeah. no if the binos go missing we know that the kids were in the vehicles and they're somewhere else that they shouldn't be that happens yeah. far too often <laughs> trail them by their uh, binoculars yeah it's pretty cool. yeah um question number three if you had a concert to go to anybody in the world dead or alive who would you go and watch uh i'm a huge morgan wallen fan as did, did you hear his new single come up bitches that sounds i love <laughs> morgan wallen oh man so do i he's awesome yeah. he sounds yeah. so good he yeah. just came out with a new single uh today or yesterday today, yeah i thought you should know I yeah. still haven't listened to it yet, but I'm doing that after this <laughs> in my that's, calendar, in my phone. Ah. Yeah, that's awesome. That's the, thing, the thing about Morgan Wallen, I think, is that he's like modern, but at the same time, he still has that like old school tone in a way, or maybe old school like storytelling in a way. But Absolutely. yeah, I'm, I'm, su- I'm like, kind of like a super fan of him. I'm Almost just waiting it. for the day to hear that he's coming to Winnipeg and I will be there. Yeah, that'd be fun. Wearing our panel sweaters. <laughs> we're not a cult no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah if you if you had a a dream vehicle do you have a dream vehicle um not really any sort of souped up truck souped all up black truck. everything i'm all not black. a huge vehicle person but like all black everything yeah. yeah what do you what do you get at stock or would you keep it on the road um i've been known to get stuck a time or two <laughs> just a time or two <laughs> yeah all the way down to the diff, I hope. 
Oh man, there's been a couple of times where we had to leave the vehicle there overnight and then <laughs> contact the nearest farm to pull me out with a tractor. I'm I'm known for getting trucks stuck. Yeah. <laughs> I think we all are at one point, yeah. one point or another. Um, the fifth question is, or is that the is that your question? That, that was, that was question, it. That right? was it. Okay. She's, she's breezing Daddy. through these. I don't know <laughs> yeah, if you've is... ever talked to Josh, but like he normally takes about 45 minutes for questions. So this is oh, really un- unusual for us. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can elaborate more. No, no. <laughs> That's not what they're designed to do. <laughs> um, the fifth question is, I don't know if you do have a family dog. If you do or you don't, what, what, what do you guys have? And if you, and if you don't, what's the type of dog that you would like to get? Uh, so we do have two dogs. They are both uh, Boston Terriers. Their nice. names are Charlie and Rue. Um, my dream dog, though, is a Great Dane. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm a big dog person. My husband's a little dog person. We compromise. We got a medium size. So nice. And yeah. have you ever thought of like a, like a hunting dog of any sort or just um, German short haired pointer? Oh, yeah. I love nice. them. They I think they have a little too much energy for me. And yeah. what I got going on with the kids and everything else. It's not ideal for our life situation right now, but some somewhere down the road. Right. Yeah. Right on. Well, you made it through the five burning questions. And to be honest, that was pretty quick and probably <laughs> top three, probably of the yeah. fastest five burning questions. So beautiful. Yeah. Well, like all, all quality answers too. So that's surprising. Good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. 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 I'm just, yeah. I'm, I, yeah. I'm just thinking back to Josh too. I'm, I'm wondering if any, there was quality in there too if it was just long monologues well i think with josh is that we ask him a question and then he overthinks it then forgets the question so he just keeps talking to try to pretend like he can yeah he can just answer all parts of it in case something was missed but i think that's how he does it um but yeah like i said kind of in the brief little intro there is that we we wanted to get you on we wanted to talk about a little bit of like motherhood in the outdoors and a lot of other things and mix in between but um, how we wanted to maybe start this out is like, how did you get into the outdoors? Like, did you grow up with it or is it something that you learned later in life? Like, where did that all start for you? So I really did not grow up in an outdoorsy family. Um, my my parents' idea of the great outdoors was like drinks on the patio. Um, basically, what got me started in the outdoors is I used to do some nannying in my early teen years. And I ended up uh, spending a couple of summers with this couple and their kids out in Anishinaabe. And we would spend almost every evening going fishing on Lake of the Woods. And that I just found so much fun, so cool. And that's where my passion really started for fishing, which has recently grown into a love for all things outdoors. So recently I have just got into hunting and archery. Um, I started that about two years ago. But fishing, I've been doing now for the past probably 10, 10, 15 years now. Right on. And so when you were doing this nannying, like was the, was the parents big into hunting or, or sorry, into fishing? Or was that something that they just knew it was like right there in the back door? And, or were they like kind of like professional like fishermen or like, how did that all work out? So I thought they were professional fishermen at the time. Looking right. back now, it was just kind of like a family outing. We would catch our limits and then bring it back to the campsite and we'd fry up a good fish fry and have dinner and just hang out around the fire. But it was more so just their hobby, nothing really professional about it. But I honestly could not believe at the time how many fish we could come home with in a day. It was insane to me. Yeah, yeah, for sure. 
And so then when you're kind of, so you're kind of getting into the outdoors and um, is that something that you want to do maybe professionally or like, let's say create some sort of career out of is, um, you know, uh, getting on the outdoors. I noticed like you have a good TikTok presence and a really good Instagram. Like, are those are the types of things that you're trying to have goals, like goal orientated for? Ultimately, I think that is the ultimate goal is to, create an opportunity or a job essentially for myself doing something that I do love. I, I am working full-time currently from home. Um, I wasn't made to work in front of a computer nine to five though. This is, that's not what I love doing. I love being outside. I love being in the outdoors. So that is ultimately, ultimately my goal, how I'm going to get there. I'm not really sure, but we're exploring all avenues and options right now. Nice. And that's the thing too, is like, um, the last podcast that we, we, that we aired, I wasn't on that one. It was Tristan and Chase did it with, uh, Quentin Blair. And they're talking about like owning your, your sunset. I don't know if you got to tune into that, that podcast episode, but it like really makes me think, uh, on a personal level, it's like, man, like I spent all this time working on this career. Am I really happy? You know what I mean? Like, is there something like with our podcast or anything else that we could, you know, maybe we could subsidize a bunch of income and maybe not work as hard and enjoy exactly. life, you know? Um, yeah. So it's, it's, it's kind of cool how that's, uh, it's all coming around here. And it seems like a lot of people we talk to nowadays is just like, you know, embracing the outdoors, getting outside and enjoying it for what it is rather than, you know, doing the rat race and then getting outside every once in a while. And, so. and that's where I feel like I'm at right now. I feel more of like a weekend warrior where I would like to be doing this full time. Mm-hmm. I'd love to circle back to the, the formative years a little here, if we'll call them that, because uh, that's always, <laughs> it's always fascinating for me. Um, I've only got like mystic memories of my novice upcoming. So it, uh, not that, not that I'm an old hand, I still go up and go outdoors and screw everything up whenever I go anyways. But normally I know what I'm going to screw up now anyways. So the, I've got that knowledge ahead of time. I, I'm wondering though, like, uh, what, what was it like, you know, picking up the rod or even picking up the bow this day and age when you've got access to almost like, it seems like an endless supply of instructional or all these other things that are all I almost feel like it'd be overwhelming to some extent um you know I learned to shoot a gun and I only learned to shoot a gun one way because that's how I was taught it, yes. it, there wasn't 10 different ways on the internet on how to shoot this thing so like what's what's that modern kind of learning curve like absolutely so archery I purchased my first bow uh last April so I'm coming up on a year here um I didn't know what I was doing. I took a couple of lessons from the guys at Heights Archery. They were super helpful and informative. But when I got back home and started doing some target practicing, I was like, what the hell am I doing? These guys are entrusting me with a weapon, essentially. Um, (laughs) It felt very dangerous at first, let's just say. Um, But that's where social media is so handy and informative. I found myself looking on YouTube, picking up tips tips and tricks that I saw on TikToks and just reaching out to other people that did have a lot of experience, but there's more than one way to skin a cat, right? And you're getting multiple different ways to do one thing. So it was very overwhelming. Mm -hmm. Um, Lots of practice, lots of repetition. And as soon as I posted my first uh, target practice video on TikTok, 
the amount of feedback I got was absolutely insane. Um, lots of positive, but so much hate. And I was just like, guys, bear with me. I'm excited about this. I'm learning, but everyone wants to point out you're doing this wrong. You should be doing this. You should be doing that. So for a little bit there, I actually kind of took a step back and didn't show as much, but I'm like, what the hell? I'm learning. We all start somewhere. There's nothing to be ashamed about. And in, in return, I actually did get a lot more positive feedback. And over my TikToks, you can see me improving. Mm-hmm. So yeah, th- there is a lot of information out there. That's that's really cool to hear because I know we, we've kind of always had the social media conversations. We, we had our own little internal debate once upon a time. And we, we dug into it real deep with like April Vokey, I can think of too. And there were some real unhelpful consequences, we'll say, to, to the social media. So to hear that, you know, the, the flip side of that, where there's been some community or some real support yeah. is really encouraging to hear. Yeah. So, and I, I'm thinking too, like, did you have any, any resources or I don't want to say idols, but any like influences that you really look to that really either helped or like I think of my own journey even recently, like uh, maybe not meat eater, but like, you know, Josh, we, we pump Josh up a lot on this podcast. So we, we should give him a break once in a while, but like yeah. he, he, uh, he's got the videography down. So I got, you know, that's something I got to give him kudos for. So uh, did you, do you have any similar influences on your journey? Uh, a lot of people, sorry, not a lot of people. The few people that I reached out to often would be, I don't know if you know the name, but Luke Fair. Mm-hmm. yeah him and I have become pretty good friends over the years and he's he knows his stuff he is really good at what he does and he is so knowledgeable so when I was first starting out I would send him a little video I'd be like hey what would you tweak and change in this what can I do differently he helped me out that way I also reached out quite a bit to Melissa Lindsay she's mm-hmm. super helpful and April Willis as well she's been super informative I love picking her brain when it comes to archery she's incredible so she's mm-hmm. that idol of mine as well. So has has archery surpassed fishing for the drive, or what? Where would if like fall is going to come up soon, and you're going to have to make yeah. a decision, right? So my my time is very spread out because I like to do it all, but I got, I got a lot of other things on the go as well outside of the outdoors, right? I would say right now hunting has really taken a priority for me over fishing. I am far more excited to get into like whitetail over summer fishing, but that's, that's just where my priorities are lying right now. I find hunting takes a lot more preparation too. So a lot more work goes into that, which I find even more rewarding than jumping on a boat and catching some fish. That's just my opinion. I might get some flack for that, but. Mm -hmm. I can, I know I can totally resonate with that. And I'm sure we, we know that there's, people who solely dedicated to fishing and stuff like that but yeah um and like sheldon was kind of hinting at here we're gonna see how family fits into all this but could you maybe give us a little background just so everyone's familiar with the what the family looks like around home right now where you're at and you're in your journey here with the, <laughs> with the family yeah so i am married my husband's name is brian and we have uh two kids they are five-year-old twins and their names are huxton and harlow So when we first had the twins, well, I'll go before, before we had kids, we were very selfish with our time. We were able to do what we wanted when we wanted. We really weren't worried about time management. 
the kids came along and the first two years, we really, really did not get to put any of our free time into any hobbies or hunting or fishing. So now that the kids are growing up, they're getting older and we're able to take them along on our journeys and adventures. It's really made things a lot easier and really kind of fueled this newfound passion for the outdoors. Because not only are we kind of getting back to what we love to do, but we also get to share that with them, which is also super important to us. But also with that, the kids are getting older. They're involved in sports and soccer. We're going to be throwing them into hockey and a lot of other things are coming into play. So I'm really curious to see what this upcoming summer and winter is going to be looking like for us and where our free time is going to go. Mm. And how much time we'll actually have left for the things that we want to do on the side. Mm. Yeah. I was, I just wanted to butt in here quick and it just like, just because just listening to you talk about, um, about this, just in general, it kind of makes me think about my personal scenario. When I was growing up, I always thought my dad as, um, this big archery hunter. And now that I'm thinking about it, like maybe he was a ar- big archery hunter because that was the only time he could go hunting because <laughs> I was in a, time. <laughs> yeah, because I was in hockey for the rest of the, the fall, right? So he was probably yeah. chasing me around the rinks. And I always thought, oh man, he's such a big archery hunter, but it's probably I didn't leave him any choices. So. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that, that could have been it. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Well, and April was an interesting situation there. I was listening to her Unbound podcast and she was mentioning that she got dragged along basically on all the hunts. So she was sleeping at the bottom of a bear stand half the time. And uh, yeah. that's, that was her exposure. So quite literally. At that point, you might as well join them. Yeah. 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 You're there anyways. I was, I was hoping you had a better answer for me because this, like, like I was saying, I'm, <laughs> the desperation is not an understatement at this point in time. And uh, yeah. we're kind of at that nearing that two year mark. And it's, uh, it's been a struggle. And I'm, it, it sounds like it's a continual evolution though. And, and what, what the, the playing field looks like as far as what you're going to be doing outside. Yeah. And do you know what, when they hit that two year, two year old mark, we were like, so excited that we can take them along with us. It's only going to get easier. It's going to get better. We're going to have more time to do this because they're joining us, but we didn't take it into consideration that they're starting their own little lives they're becoming their own little people with extracurricular activities that we got to take them to so we Mm. did not think of that yeah i just wanted to sorry tristan i just wanted to jump back sorry am i i might be messing this whole thing up but no that's what i do um but i just want to jump back to your your partner so you and you and your husband like is he involved in the outdoors quite a bit too like was that something that you kind of piggybacked off him or, or are you showing him some new things or how's how's that whole aspect working out do you know he was very involved in the outdoors especially ice fishing so that was actually right. our first date we went ice fishing together nice uh, he move. was very involved in the outdoors before me but i think he's gonna hate to hear this but i think i've pushed him to get him into other avenues right. so we last uh, summer we actually both put in for elk for the first time ever and we got to experience that for the first time together we had no idea what the hell we were doing, but it was a learning experience nonetheless. So right. I think I think we're constantly pushing each other, though, because he really does support me to just go for it and try new things. That's awesome. That's awesome yeah. to hear. Did you did you catch a bugle? We we did. We think we did. 
<laughs> I don't know. It was a lot of walking in the bush for three days. We thought we heard one way off in the distance. If that was just our mind playing tricks on us, who knows? We did run into a cow and two cows though. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Pretty good for our first time. We were just swinging at you guys. <laughs> No, that's awesome. And it, yeah, I definitely know the the tricks that the mind will play after you've been kind of wandering around the bush for three days questioning yeah. if you're doing anything right. Yeah, and we were just desperate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know that feeling for sure. Yeah. It, just puts a, it puts a huge smile on my face thinking of that feeling because I just remember like being in the bush with Tristan and Chase and like you're walking around and you hear it and you like kind of like both look at each other. It's like, yeah. Okay, we both confirmed that was definitely <laughs> our, our adrenaline was pumping. We could hear like the blood in our ears. We were so fired up. And then we looked at each other. We're like, did we actually hear that? So <laughs> we'll say we did. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so one thing, Chase isn't here, so I'll, I'll talk for him. And yeah. I'm really good at that. Um <laughs> one thing I've I've noticed with Chase's kids, they're they're about the they're almost three and five now, I believe. So um, he's taken them out a few times, taking them in the, the archery blind, things like that. And it's at the point now where they, they are like visibly upset if, if he doesn't take them uh, on, on a hunt in fall. So like he actually has to console them sometimes if he's just going yeah. out on a solo hunt like that. So have you reached that point at all? Or like, are the kids, are you like uh, Huxton and Harlow really like, kind of gearing to get out or are they uh they, they, st- they want to be there every step of the way yeah which which is hard and it brings a lot of mom guilt i guess i could say when i do go and do solo things but right now like i just i cannot entrust them to sit there quietly if i'm if i'm doing a blind hunt or anything like that mm-hmm. they, there's no way they can sit there quietly yeah so, it, that's a, it's a that's challenge the thing too is like um do you ever and i and i think maybe I'm speaking for chase now, but I think chase kind of puts up a blind in an area where he's not too worried about it. Like if like he doesn't, he, maybe he knows there's not really going to be like this huge buck that's going to walk out. He knows there's going to be deer. Do you ever try to like maybe find those spots yourself? Or have you ever thought about maybe doing that in the future is finding those spots where, you know, let's get them out and we might see a doe and a calf or whatever, but we're, you know, it's a pretty safe spot to take kids. Have you ever thought that way? We, we have done that once last fall, um, before, before the deer even showed up, they were asking for snacks. They were asking (laughs) to play their iPads. Mom, are we leaving? We saw a little doe come out in the distance and then everyone was excited, jumping up and down, pointing out of the blind and then it was gone. So they're just not quite ready. What we do is we, when we see the deer, like when we go scouting, that's enough excitement for them. I think we're going to hold off until they're a little bit older to start bringing them on those hunts. But for the time being, they are loving going shed hunting with us. My son mm. found first shed, I think it was like two weeks ago. And that, that is still the highlight of his month for him. He that's put so his cool. little shed beside his bed. He brings it out when company comes over. He's so pumped <laughs> to show it off. That's awesome. <laughs> For what it's worth, that that sounds like the exact experience that Chase had in the blind. Just so you're aware. Yeah, okay, uh, not the only one. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, and I think it was modeled for him because I can think back to times where our dad would take us out, and we were just jacked to be out 
but now looking back on it like we had a bunch of toy guns out duck hunting and there was no way there was going to be a duck (laughs) flying within you know a quarter mile of us so there's yeah yeah, i I, looking back at it now i was like yeah that was a pretty big sacrifice (laughs) that is too funny but that's that's where the memories are made and that's how you start getting your kids into the outdoors i think that's crucial yeah yeah and it sounds like you found some really approachable ways to to get the kids active whether it's scouting shed hunting or are are there any other things percolating on the on the Um, brain there we've taken them out fishing summer and winter they love ice fishing they Mm -hmm. love it when it's a nice warm day they can run outside the tent i mean when it when we do go to lake winnipeg and you get those nasty stormy days that's kind of tough for them to be confined into a little pop-up shack but the days when it's nice, that's, that's where they want to be. You you guys were at the kids fish this year in Lockport. I noticed. Yep. Yeah. We showed up for a little bit. We were a little bit late because leaving the house on time is kind of hard for us, but yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's the other reality is like, you're, yeah. you're probably not going to make it for, uh, for sun up. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, and uh, you can be all prepared and ready to go, but it's getting the kids out the door. That's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> That was a cold, windy day too. I was impressed that uh, that you made it out with the kids. We were, I, I'm almost scared to share that, share this, but uh, we were about a a mile north, of, not even a kilometer north of you, in a in a hard permanent shack with a wood stove. So, um, oh, <laughs> jealous, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think we did have the rugrats out that day too. So nice. How did you yeah. guys do? Because we didn't get a bite. Oh, we were, we were on a sauger hole that day. I think there, we had a lot of sauger coming, but which is great. I'm sure, as you know, for, for the kids, oh. they're, yeah. they're almost like the crappy of the, uh, the red yeah. river. As long as they're catching, that's fun. Yeah, yeah. totally. How, what's the, what's, do you have any, like, how's the childcare situation play out for you? That's, that's always kind of the, the stress around this household is like, do hunting hunting especially is weird hours so like do you weird long hours do you like have someone that you can rely on if not what's their number or like yeah (laughs) no I can't give up my babysitters I need them um there there's absolutely a lot of sacrifice when it comes to me and my husband we do a lot of trading off um grandparents are great we utilize them as much as they're willing to take the twins but since Brian and I both like to hunt, uh, we usually trade off. If I go one evening, he'll go the next. That's usually how it plays out. That's fair. Yeah. I wanted to ask too, and maybe dig in a little here, because for me, at least like hunting and fishing, I think what happens is when I'm at home, my partner can just see my eyeballs go a little screwy after a couple of weeks. And they're <laughs> like, okay, get out of the house, go do something. And that's, that's my break. That's where I reset and recharge. Um, yeah. But you mentioned the mom guilt. Like what, what's that like? Is it a big factor when you're out there, when you're elk hunting, did it impact? Like what was that? Oh, absolutely. Um, I always, I want to do so much, whether it be in the outdoors or I want to do a lot with the kids or I want to do a lot with my husband. I have I kind of struggle with this grinder mentality where I need to be doing something 24 seven, but realistically, I can't fit it all in one day. I can't do it all. So prioritizing is huge. And when I do actually get that time to be out there and do things on my own, 
it's always in the back of my mind, like, should I be doing this or should I be focusing on the kids? And it's just always a constant internal, internal battle that I'm having with myself, even though I know it is super important for me to go and do my own thing to get that time, like you said, to refresh and recharge. Because then when I'm recharging, feeling good, then I'm able to be better for my kids and present. So mm-hmm. even though there is that mom guilt, I think it's still important. Yeah. So it's just finding that balance for you is, is the real key then and yeah. not, and not, it's not leaving them. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. Um, and then I'm, I'm wondering too, like, I, what's the plan for spring here? We're, we're coming up on some like transitional season. Is, is there any bear? I, you mentioned Turkey. Yes. So Turkey, that is my main focus right now. Um, I do have an opportunity. A friend of ours has said that he would take us out and guide us out for, for bear. I have never been on a bear hunt before. So it's something I'm really interested in. I am just wondering how I'm going to make it work between Turkey, between moving, between all of the things the kids got going on. So Turkey is my main focus right now. And then we'll see how that comes into play. Mm-hmm. Just think of how good your, your room would look with a bear rug right in the middle. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. That's what I told my husband. He's going to laugh when he hears this. <laughs> He's like, well, maybe you need a bear hunt for mother's day. I'm like, Oh, well, that sounds good. That sounds good. <laughs> you know what? Maybe what we should be doing is publishing articles like you will be a 95% better parent if you get out hunting four days a week I can get behind that absolutely (laughs) these are facts these are facts that um I wanted to ask you there Brianne too is like like I said I these 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 questions are kind of tough for me because I don't have kids really but I kind of think of my own childhood and like growing up and like um, my dad was, like I said, was an archery hunter. My mom got into archery hunter, archery hunting later in, in, in life. Um, but I guess like where I'm getting at with this question is when you're, and Tristan kind of already talked, talked to you about it here too, is like, well, when you're trying to like get your kids involved into hunting and fishing, you said like you like to do, um, ice fishing with them, et cetera. But do you have like some sort of like plan in mind on how you're going to like maybe get them into big game hunting or, or anything like that. And I, and the reason why I asked this is because when I was growing up, my, my father always not really pushed me, but always was like, Hey, let's go archery hunting. Let's go archery hunting. And he actually never let me rifle hunt for until I was like 16 or 17 years old. And I never really sat down and talked to him about it yet. And I will do it, but I honestly got to think it was like some sort of learning curve. It's like, you need to learn how to take the shot. You need to learn how to be quiet. You need to learn all these things before I'm going to give you a a big higher caliber rifle. Right. So I was just wondering, do you have, do you have any thoughts on, on that? Like with your kids growing up? So actually two days ago, I was hanging out in the backyard with the twins and I was, I was picking out my bow from, from the trailer that we had loaded up with all of our moving stuff. And they go, Oh mom, that's your bow. Are you going to start shooting? And I said, yep, we're going to do that. And we had the conversation about, do you guys think you would like your own bows to start practicing, to start trying? And they were so excited about that. So I think we're going to be making a trip to Cabela's pretty soon to go get the kids bows because they are fascinated, interested and wanting to learn. So I think, I think just because we've modeled it so much around them and had it around them, they are eager. Oh, absolutely. And like when they watch mom and dad fling arrows and that, you know, uh, at night or whatever, whenever you guys are practicing and they're watching you guys do it and, and having fun, like that's huge. It's huge for a kid. I, I remember like the same thing, like growing up and watching dad do this in the backyard and 
never had my own bow and then when i did it was like it was like he, he might as well bought me a lamborghini because i was like yeah. so pumped you know you're a part of the club yeah no oh, exactly yeah <laughs> I, i'm almost scared to say, say this on air but uh <laughs> we were uh because cfs is going to come for us um but, <laughs> uh we were butchering all weekend the other weekend there and um my son finn was out with me and then we we come back in for the day and what does he do he's got his stuffed animal on the ground and he's got his toy knife and he is like <laughs> sawing this thing in half and he's going duh i'm like like they pick up on everything like i don't even know how he put two and two together on this but like he he had the stuffed animal going and i was like i don't know if we should be talking to a child psychologist or if that's oh my just goodness. that is too funny yeah so and on the plus side like chase's kids were out there the whole weekend we were making sausage and they were in their like dirty shirts and it was just so cool to see because now whenever they're um having that for dinner or something they they relate that back to the process that we just took part in and they were a mess but they were in there and they were having a blast so um i harvested my first white tail this past winter and the kids were there watching the whole skinning and butchering process. And they were so fascinated. Like they wanted to get in there. They wanted to look, they wanted to know what each thing was inside of the deer. And like, that was so cool for them. And same, same as uh, that you just said, every time we have deer for dinner, they, they bring up that experience and talk about it. And it's almost like they're proud that they know where it comes from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is cool and like and like same thing like when i remember growing up it was every night when dad went hunting it was like laying in bed waiting him for him to come home and hear him come in the door and my mom would be like oh did you get anything and he'd be like no but the time he says yes then you jumped out of bed you put on some clothes and you ran out to the garage <laughs> and yeah. checked out his deer checked them out skinning it like that's exactly yeah. what you said like that's how kids are that's how i was right yeah. i wanted to kind of go back a few notches here and talk about a little bit of social media um as being like a mother and a wife and everything else is there is there certain things that you're that you're kind of um cautious with with posting on social media and and if there is yeah like can you want to go through a few of those with us yeah i i have a love-hate relationship with social media i i tell this to everyone um i love sharing my experiences and inspiring other people to get their kids outdoors i've had many friends and just people that follow me on instagram that go hey how do i get into this my son wants to start fishing what should i buy for him and i'll tell them i'm no expert but this is what we did take that as you will right the thing about social media though that worries me is i don't know who's watching and i feel and overwhelming need to protect my kids. So I'm very hesitant to actually post them, even though they are there with us, like 95% of the time that will reflect in my Instagram feed. And I actually recently, unfortunately had someone close to me, call me out and say, Hey, I don't like your Instagram feed. I don't agree with what you're posting. And I don't think you should be posting that kind of content. Like you're, you're a family woman you should be putting your kids first and foremost. So I had the discussion and tried to explain to them, oops, I don't know what that is. Well, check you later. (laughs) Yeah. Do you got the time mark there, Sheldon? Um, No. Okay. I think we're, we're probably about. I have 8.45, like the regular time, 8.45. Yeah. So know what time we started. uh, Yeah. I think we're about 50 minutes. recording. All good. Sorry, someone was calling me there. Um, Where was I with that? So they, 
reached out to me and basically were disapproving of my Instagram feed. So I explained to them why I didn't post the kids. It was just for a need to keep some privacy in our lives to protect them. And they still didn't understand that. So I ultimately just said, hey, if you don't like it, you don't have to follow. And that's what they did. Hmm. Yeah, Yeah, that's that's super unfortunate. And you know what? It's just like social media is such like a two what do they call it? Two edged sword, I guess, because like, like even like my own family members, like my dad's on Instagram or, any, or anything like that. But I know like uncles and aunties that are posting stupid shit about politics and it's one side or the other. And it's like, you know, I, I, I would never say anything, but I know people are probably a, maybe offended or whatever, but it's like, yeah. who cares? Like if that's what you want to post, like just post it. Right. I know exactly. one thing, I don't know if you follow Steve Ranella from Meat Eater, but one thing that yeah. I do, I think it's very, it's kind of cool. And it's kind of comical actually too, is that he doesn't post his kids faces. So mm-hmm. like they'll be fishing and he'll get his kid to hold the fish in front of his face yeah. and they'll get pictures together. And I think it's kind of funny, but at the same time, it's like, that's maybe the way you should do it. Like, Absolutely. I don't know. I have no idea, but yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's an interesting world world out there. It's too bad that you have to kind of be worried about too what who's watching and what what some of the impacts are. But I I think we've heard enough stories too just to kind of confirm that, you know, although ninety nine percent of people have good intentions and are are you know following around, along for the 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 ride, um, yeah. you know, there's kind of that one percent that for whatever reason just want to either stir the pot or maybe take it way too far for for what it is right because uh i I don't know about you brianne but like we uh we we put this stuff out there because we we like doing it and we enjoy it and um it's it'd be kind of weird if uh you know someone took time out of their day to (laughs) to really like take take it a notch down like okay like yeah like you said you can unfollow you yeah you have a choice in this matter too right so yeah it it really bothered me because it's like who are you to dictate what i choose to post on my social media yeah it it rubbed me wrong the the wrong way entirely maybe they should have started one up with uh with all the content that you were missing and then exactly exactly yeah Yeah. (laughs) so so dealing with social media too and another kind of quick question about it um, you did mention that like, you've reached out to people. Have you, have you found the negative, like negative side of things? Like, um, you know, just maybe connecting with the wrong people or like people oh. like just being inappropriate or anything like yeah. that. Like, is that, is there a, a negative side to social media? You ever find that as a bit as being a mother, uh, and posting and stuff like that? Um, yeah, absolutely. The outdoors world is in, it's an incredible community of people, but there are certain people that don't have your best interests in mind. And unfortunately I have ran into a couple of those Um, red flags usually pop up fairly quickly. Thank, thank goodness. Um, But I have created this incredible, whatever, a group of women that are supportive and there for me, whenever I need, they are there to offer advice. And I love getting together on these girls trips. That's what we call it. We get together whenever we can all make it work in our schedules And we just kind of bounce ideas off each other. We learn from each other and it's an all around like inclusive supportive space. And that's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. And like 
we're like obviously we're we're good friends with april we've you know she's got a, a podcast now and me and her are pretty good buddies like we talk quite a bit and she's often talked about getting together with your with yourself and other girls and stuff and like saying exactly what you just said like being uh, supportive of each other but at the same time having like the odd person that it's just like get out of here then if you don't want to support us get out of here like don't don't even worry about it right and it's just like i think about it in in our kind of scenario even with the podcast is like when we first started we did have some people that were like against us but now that it's like things have grown grown it seems like we've we've got a a really good group of supporters in manitoba especially right and so like when you when you say like you can go on a weekend trip with these buddies and bounce ideas off each other that's super cool to to hear because we do the same thing like josh or like tristan has said about josh like we hang out with him and a couple other dudes and we we have ideas just flowing and have a great time right and i I just wish that we we would have more more community like that um yeah more than just those small little knit groups right like we could have a bigger community like that yeah and and it's it's tough because you don't know who is actually there to support you or who is there to gain from you. And I, I've right. had that experience and that that's tough sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. But it's, it's just about weeding those people out and seeing who's actually there with good intentions. Brianne, like you've, you've mentioned your, your core group there that you kind of get out with. And uh, I know that the MWF does, does some intentional things like they do some uh, women in the outdoors mentorship and I'm just wondering, I, I don't need to be invited to the next women fish out anytime <laughs> soon, but, but like, what, what's the vibe? Like, like, it, it seems like that's a really helpful, supportive environment. Like what's, what's just a little bit different about it or what's, you know, what's driving it. Do you know what I'm saying? Or, or how often does Jared get invited out to you? That's the other thing I want to know. <laughs> oh my the, the vibe of it is just, how do I explain that? It, it's a, it's a sisterhood of like-minded people that are just there for the same reason. We have the same passions, interests, and uh, <laughs> Brian, unfortunately, doesn't get invited as often as he would like to. <laughs> he gets a little jealous when I go away on these weekend trips. <laughs> he, he's sure to remind me that since I had a girl's weekend away, he gets a boy's weekend away. So mm, we try- mm, nice. Yeah. But but it seems important, though, even like in uh, even deer camp, too. Like, it's, it's not the the gender thing but it's like it's it's good sometimes for us to just kick our it's a different kind of way to relate when we're when we're out there um yeah. roughing it so I, I don't know if it's like that on on your end too where it's just like a bit of a different dynamic but it just seems to yeah. be be so in in the way we execute it yeah, yeah. that's cool Brian. i uh before we start kind of wrapping things up I, there's another question i want to ask you about getting just women in the outdoors. Um, I know there's a lot of different programs out there, but I didn't really know you much until we started talking tonight on the podcast. And by the sounds of it, you got into the outdoors later in life and now you're evolving and this is where you're at now. If you had any advice for anybody, um, any women or even men or whoever else to get into the outdoors, like what, how would you start? Like, what would you, like if I came to you and said, Hey, how, what do I do? What would you tell me? Find someone that uh, you look up to or admire what they're doing and reach out to them and just say, Hey, can I join you the next time? You know, someone who could get me involved. I like, I, I tagged along with a ton of people when I was first getting started into certain areas. And that was so beneficial for me to learn from them and see if I actually enjoy doing it. 
that would be my biggest piece of advice. I also need to ask for one more piece of advice before Tristan asks his question is that you do have a pretty good uh, TikTok account. What's the oh, secret? No. What's the secret? Not, because honestly, I, I do not know what I'm doing on TikTok. I have no <laughs> idea there. I swear there's no rhyme or reason. I will post the dumbest video. And for some reason it will take off. And like videos that actually kind of put some effort or work into, I think, Hey, this is awesome. They just flop. If you could figure out the secret, let me know, please. Because I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. Neither do we, we try (laughs) to post lots and it's the same thing. Like we put effort into them and we get like 10 views and then we just put up some stupid one and just. Right. I've seen your content on there. It's incredible. Oh, thank you. <laughs> just, just a couple. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think we might be a little date for the the TikTok demographic too. So we might be working uphill on a, on a few things here too. I feel like hey, I'm in the same boat as you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, I've marked it down to to post dumb content, and we'll we'll see how that goes. <laughs> yeah. 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 I was curious too because we will we'll air this on or just after Mother's Day, so mm-hmm. it might be slightly late in the day to be to be asking these kind of questions. But what what can someone do to like support the outdoor mom, or what's a, what's a good gift for the outdoor mom, or something that we can do to like really make your your time shine outside? Oh well, flowers die. But fishing lures are forever. <laughs> Especially musky lures, eh? Like a, for, for... Honestly, gift cards too for Cabela's or if you know like they love a certain like outdoors apparel brand, that's mm-hmm. super helpful. I love mm-hmm. clothes, outdoor clothes. What about like like gifts of service or like um how would I put this? Like things that are non-monetary. Like is there yes. other things that someone like can do? Like a coupon book. For a night out of hunting. Is that it? Is that? Oh. Yes. yes. If you're going to put the kids to bed, bathe them, feed them. I don't have to worry about a thing when I get home. Oh, that is money. And a smoked brisket in the smoker. There you the go. <laughs> yeah. Glass of wine and a bubble bath ready for me when I get home. Uh. Frozen from the stand. That sounds perfect. Tristan, are you writing all this down? I'm yeah. trying to. I'm, I notes. can write that fast, but like... <laughs> What would what, what, what someone have to like hang the deer too? Is that the other, like if they, uh... I might need some help lifting it in the back of the truck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, have you harvested it? Uh, whitetail? Yeah. Uh, last winter was my first one. What was that like? You guys, the winter indescribable. You did like, it in winter though. Yes, uh, November. Okay, yeah. So, so I, rifle, I, rifle or bow? It was rifle. I started out with archery. I had a target buck all year. It was a gorgeous drop, a uh, single drop time, and just massive. So I started first day of archery. I put in like eighty plus sits in the stand, and I did not run into him once. But he was all over my trail cams at dark. Unfortunately, I left the stand one day still during archery season and I bumped into him and I I spooked him off. So that was my bad. That was a rookie mistake. But uh, it came down to my last day of rifle and I saw this nice little chocolate brown 4x4 and harvested my first white tail. 
awesome yeah and what was what was that like for a feeling like after oh. getting to it seeing it like you oh, want to run like, through that quick it was i was screaming in in the stand <laughs> jumping i know you're supposed to stay quiet but i got out of the ground line i was jumping and screaming and just shaking vibrating like it was indescribable i'm pretty sure i was crying too just like a wave of emotion but like there was such a sense of gratitude and finally all of my sits had paid off and I had something to show for it. And like all the time and effort, it was just, it was unbelievable. Yeah. I, um, just doing a little bit of reminiscing here. I remember my, my black powder buck, the, the year before I shot my black powder buck, I wounded one. And it was like, whenever you wound an animal, it's like a gut wrenching feeling that never goes away. And whenever you think about that deer, it, that feeling always comes back. Hurts. Yeah. You feel like a criminal, right? But I remember the, the year, so that was the one year. And then the year right after that, I shot one with my black powder and I remember fist pumping, uh, sorry, fist pumping in the tree and like cheering. And I remember like, it, cause it was dead out in the field. I, like I dropped them. Right. And I was so pumped up and I like got the phone out and I phone chase and I was like, dude, man, I got my, I finally got him. And it wasn't yeah. the same deer by any means, but there's like pumped up and he was like, oh, right on, you know, good for you. But like yeah. that, that thing, like you can't, you can't hide it. Like you got to oh, no. yell, you got to cheer. My <laughs> husband, that was like a quarter mile down in a different stand could hear me. Like he was like, Oh yeah, that was Brienne. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Chase called me after he arrowed that moose with you, Sheldon. And I thought he was having oh, yeah. a cor coronary. Like <laughs> I was, I was ready to dispatch EMS there. And it was just him breathing really heavy because he yeah. didn't know what to do with himself. Yeah. Was awesome. So good. Uh, Brienne and your, what do you say 83 or 85 sits uh, it was 80 plus 80 like, plus yeah i was wow. out there almost every evening like if the wind was favorable i was out there that's yeah. a lot of time did you did you <laughs> learn it did you what did you learn this fall like in your, <sighs> like obviously it's a lot of time right it was a huge learning curve um like i said that was my first time taking whitetail hunting seriously um, I spent a ton of time preparing for the season. We put out trail cams early. We did a ton of shed hunting in that area. I really wanted to learn the deer that were out there and their patterns. And by the time I had learned that they had switched up into their, <laughs> their next pattern. So I was starting all over again, but there was a lot of firsts. Yeah. And that's like one thing, like I've talked to a lot of people that get to do archery, black powder kind of. I wouldn't say like every night by any means, but like get to go out there on weekends or a couple nights a week. And like some people have asked me for advice and like the only advice I always give them is like, you can't really pattern them if you're only going out that much. And yeah. I've tried, I've like, I've taken off weeks off work. And when there's a, there's, I had a beautiful six by six that I was following and uh, tried patterning them and I had them down. And by the time bow hunting started, our tree season started, <laughs> he changed. I yep. thought I had him down again and then black powder started and he changed his patterns again. So yeah. like, basically you just got to find that area where there's deer and uh, just get out there and, and do your set. And yeah. if it takes you a hundred sits, eventually, eventually someone's going to mess up if it's you or him, but yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. No. And that's why I said earlier, I have really fallen in love with hunting more than fishing because I just find it so much more challenging. You don't know what to expect. Right. Do you ever sit back and like, I don't know the exact areas you guys, you guys are hunting or anything, but like, I sometimes find myself sitting there and like watching deer 
you know, listening to like crickets. And I know this sounds very cheesy, but like watching the sunset and you almost get like lost in this like different world than you're Mm -hmm. used to. Do you ever find yourself like being a new deer hunter, like realizing those things? Oh, I, it makes me realize like how many things I walk past every day and take for granted when you're actually able just to sit there and take it all in. And with my time being very limited to get the opportunity to keep the kids at home or have someone watch them and be able to go out there and do it. I'm just that much more grateful for that time that I'm out there. Yeah, for sure. Oh yeah. I, uh, I was feeling pressure. Never mind this fall. That that was the <laughs> downside of, it. I was like, I was already doing the math in my head. I was like, Oh man, I've been away from the house for like four hours. That means I've only got six hours this weekend. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Feel that. Been there, done that. um i'm I'm looking at the the hunting trajectory here too it seems you're leaning in super hard um do are you noticing any traditions forming like do you uh, do you have any kind of like do you know what no traditions yet nothing that stands out to me that we've really done what i did think was really cool when um i did harvest my whitetail Uh, When we were skidding it, we were actually on my father-in-law's property. They have a farm out, a farm out on number six highway. So it was Brian's great or Brian's grandpa, which would be the kid's great grandpa, then their grandpa, Brian, and then the twins. So it was kind of like four generations all gathered around the same deer. And that was just one of those moments where like, I won't forget that. That was so, so special. You got a picture of that? I did get a picture of that. It's on Perfect. my Instagram. Yeah. That's awesome. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Well, and we also got a long list of traditions that you can feel free to borrow from at any point in time. Yeah. I'm not sure if any of them work. Uh, everything from like hanging the uh, the testes in the tree after you harvest one <laughs> to uh, for the birds to uh, to biting an onion for good luck and <laughs> con- consuming the liver after you you have one. Or I'm trying to I think don't know if I'm adopting that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the, the the onion one works 16% of the time. So I'm not sure if it's statistically any better than doing nothing, yeah. but it, it it helps with morale once in a while too. So oh absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure I'm sure the more we get in into it with the kids, the more traditions will form over the years. And I'm excited for that. I'm excited yeah. to start traditions with them. Yeah, it almost seems to happen organically. Or someone comes into your camp like Sheldon and says, "Hey, bite this onion for good luck," and then <laughs> and you believe them. Yeah, yeah. Well, I forgot to tell you that was for moose hunting only, not elk hunting. So, <laughs> kind of like a joke. Plus, <laughs> yeah. And then here we got no onions left in camp because I've been biting one every night. To... Yeah. yeah. Oh man, <laughs> Brianna, I'm wondering too. Um, looking at the, the whole landscape here, the whole picture, if there, if there was some, some moms out there contemplating, like spending more time outside, thinking about getting into fishing a little heavier, thinking about getting into to hunting a little heavier, what, what would you say to them? Would you have any kind of tidbits or any big picture things? I would say absolutely go for it. Bring the kids, pack a ton of snacks. <laughs> you know what? Bring the iPads if you need to. Honestly, if they need a 10 minute break, if the fishing's slow, bring it, mm-hmm. but right. just get out there. You will not regret it. The time spent outside with your kids is better than the time spent with your kids in front of the TV. You will not mm-hmm. regret it. Maybe buy a floating case for that iPad. And... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
and don't fish the locks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Have there been any hard lessons with the kids yet? There has it all been pretty like status quo. Do you know what? No hard lessons yet, but it's not nearly as easy as it sounds or seems. Like my pictures, when I do throw a story on my Instagram, it seems like everyone's happy go lucky. I can assure you, we probably had a couple meltdowns. Uh, someone wants to go home. Like it's not picture perfect every time and it's not going to be every time, but uh, no hard lessons yet. Thankfully, <laughs> no close calls. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah, I can think of what, what actually what terrifies me for the whole journey is just thinking all the stupid shit me and Chase did when we were younger <laughs> and like, oh my goodness, if they do a fraction of what we did. Yeah. I just better not hear about it. And then yep. that's because otherwise I'm going to go gray instantly. Yep. I, I like instantly. Yeah. There, there's constantly times where I'm playing out the most ridiculous scenarios in my head of what could go wrong. Yep. So I'm super like cautious when I do bring them. I'm sure something's going to happen eventually. It's, it's, it's bound time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah it's that's uh it's funny and um like i know i'm kind of like going back to old stories but i remember my dad telling me a story about um taking my sister up the Odie river when she was nine months old and him and my mom and and my sister and she was like in like a little bassinet or a basket or whatever in a canoe in the springtime down like a fast moving river you know what i mean and they they had yeah. to go up river to find this spot where they wanted to go fishing they fished the afternoon came back loaded up in the truck went back home and that's and then you know you talk to him now and he's like man we were so stupid but at the same time you got to get out right yeah exactly yeah <laughs> right on well like you know like uh, i don't want to take up too much of your time it is friday night i'm pretty sure you probably have lots of things to do uh at this new house of yours so i think we're gonna wrap it up but Tr- let's do a little round table tristan do you have anything to say before we get going here yeah i just want to thank you for coming on brianne and just giving me a little bit of hope that my my it will be achievable and that um there there will be ups there will be downs but uh you know hopefully at the end of the day we're gonna have some really cool memories to to just put in the bank and and reflect on kind of like sheldon's been doing this whole time here which just sheldon you're giving me faith too buddy <laughs> right on. what about you brian do you have uh, any, anything to say before we take off i really enjoyed this this was a ton of fun just chatting with you guys this evening i really appreciate you guys having me on here tonight i love right. reminiscing and telling old hunting stories and hearing from you guys and your experiences so that was awesome yeah right on and before we let you go too do you want to just let us know like if people are listening to the podcast where they can find your accounts like if, if you want like social media or anything else that you're doing? Yeah, for sure. Um, you can find me on all of my social media platforms, mainly Instagram and TikTok at Brianne Jada. Perfect. And like for me, I like again, I really appreciate you kind of doing this last minute. It was kind of a last minute thought on our end to <laughs> to do this type of an episode, and we're really happy to have you on. And again, um, uh, you know, you you've supported us. Uh, you're wearing one of our sweaters, which makes <laughs> me very proud. So I hope we can do this again. I hope we can get you on again. Maybe you and your partner, or, you know, maybe someday when your kids get a little older and they can start telling us stories about mom, uh, yeah, you know, freaking out on For freaking sure. out on them in the stand or something. You know, the that truth. would be so much fun. <laughs> that would be so much fun. So yeah, let's 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 plan that. And and again, thanks a lot for coming on. And uh, we'll probably catch you down the trail or on the water. Sounds great. Looking forward to it. All right. Talk to you later.
right, guys, if you've been listening to this podcast for long, you know that iHunter has been a supporter of this podcast and us here at Panoramic Outdoors. You also know that iHunter is one of our favorite tools that we have in our pack, in our pocket, actually, every time we hit the field. Not only is it in our pocket, but it's literally everywhere we go with us because it's on our phone. And if you don't know what iHunter is, head over to iHunter.com or download the app on your phone iHunter is Canada's all-in-one hunting app, providing you with high-quality satellite imagery on your phone everywhere you go. Beyond that, they have instant messaging, so you can message your buddies, current weather forecasts, waypointing, tracking, public land maps, landowner maps, and everything you need in a mapping device. Throw the old GPS in the bin, and uh, everything you need is literally on your phone with this app. If you're interested in getting some public land maps for a discount, head over to the website web.ihunterapp.com. Type in the promo code PANORAMIC30 for 30% off your first public land purchase. Check them out now. You won't regret it. another great episode um that was episode 121 with brianne um it was super cool getting her on we've been following her on tiktok social media there for the last you know couple years she always has pretty good stuff on on both or all her social media so if you are looking to uh to follow her i think she mentioned her name but brianne jada and uh, check her out instagram tiktok facebook um but for the outro tristan a few things i want to talk about first of all is that we have a bunch of new stuff in the store um we have well not really new new stuff but we, we're restocked on a lot of stuff we also have two kind of retro hats coming out um i can't even remember what colors i ordered but we're, we should have those out next week uh we also have a camo flex fit fullback hat so any of those people out there that don't like the snapback this is a flex fit fullback option um and it's camo so it's perfect for turkey bear hunting or even just whatever fishing um a couple other things to mention about the store too we also have catch and cook so if you've seen catch and cook on the internet that's brought to you by two fellas jay siemens and josh mcfadden they got together put together this spice that is basically guide certified and like a chef certified spice for and coating for any type of meat and the one thing that i really like about this stuff and i'm gonna preach about it probably until the time i stop eating it it's not a fish batter it's a like a food batter like i've used it on pork chops i've used it on chicken it's like a shake and bake but it's really got the good crunch to it i've they also got spicy and they also got a beer batter um chase has done a video with chicken wings doing the spicy and some uh, maple syrup on his chicken wings i tried that the other day it was unbelievable um and then they got spices as well tristan have you tried the spices yet yeah i've been a big fan actually all the spices go really well and i've, I've been thinking about how i've been using them the uh the all-terrain <laughs> i've been uh i've been tossing on a bunch of things because it's got a more herbal flavor to it and then the uh the white out has got like this really nice onion uh flavor to it so i was throwing that on like uh i didn't have any chives so i was like hey let's toss some all-terrain on my big potato and uh it turned out <laughs> nice. it turned out pretty good yeah nice. i love it 
but yeah, you can find all that stuff in our store. Uh, that's www.panoramicoutdoors.com. And in the store, we also have a couple other cool things that you can check out. Um, we've got a blog and in that blog, there's stories in there about um, puppies, about training dogs, about elk hunting, about moose hunting, and the latest one about making some sausage. And Tristan, you kind of headed that project. How did, how did that all turn out for you? You know what? I was on the tail end of maybe the third day of the sausage making process. And while it, it can be really rewarding, there was, there was definitely a few hiccups along the way too. So I thought what better way to, to kind of share the experience than just be honest about it. And I, I titled it five, uh, five tips from a rookie sausage maker. And part of that is just like, what, what can you look forward to in, in your, your journey here? So um, if you're new to sausage making, I would recommend checking it out or if you're curious about it, or even if you're experienced and you just want to either A, laugh at me or uh, maybe B, get some inspiration from a different angle, like uh, that's what it's there for. We're not experts by any means, but uh, just wanted to share the experience with the process. Yeah, the, a couple of things about that. And the way you and Chase do sausage, I know for on my end of things, we do a lot of like, um, say like recipes and the recipes are not really fresh ingredients. Like they're, you know, salts and everything else, but you guys do a couple batches of fresh ingredients. Is that painful or is it not that bad? It does add a little bit of work to, um, to the process sometimes, but some of the ingredients I think you're talking about Sheldon, like for example, like my, uh, uh, I have a jalapeno pepper paste that I'll use. Yeah. I make, I make that in the fall when I'm harvesting the jalapenos from my garden. So like, yes, it's more work, but I also get this like really cool tie in to the, I got my garden and my, my, my venison coming together here in a really cool way. I feel like, so I get to talk that much more when I'm, when I'm serving people sausage at the house. So did yeah. you know Right. That, that it, not only did I shoot this deer, but I picked that pepper right off that plant. Yeah. Here's the main question. Though, and my main question is that, did you guys make some more of that uh, maple jalapeno? The, the maple jalapenos actually, and I, I talk about this in the, um, in the blog, just how important it is to keep a kind of like a diary or journal of your recipes. The maple jalapenos actually, a uh, derivative or a, uh, a modification of the, the jalapeno bratwurst that we make. So we made the jalapeno brat, but we didn't put any maple in it this year. Oh no. Yeah. And that one that, that I think, I think it was chaser. Maybe it was yourself made it the one night or one day in the ice fishing shack. And I was just like, and I'm not a huge hot guy, like really big spice guy, but that was like just almost perfect. Like for me and uh, yeah, that maple just brought it all together. So that was like my new favorite deer your sausage yeah. but well what i might recommend this year is i also made a batch of uh duck pepperoni that had a little bit of blueberry and a little bit uh, yeah yeah and a little bit of uh what, what else did i put in there a little bit of jalapeno paste as well so it's got a bit out of of a bit different tang to it so it's uh it's worth trying out a, we'll we'll say that much yeah and before we get off the sausage talk in case anybody is making sausage in the next little while what are, I mean, if you weren't going to read your blog, what's the one tip to making sausage that you uh, would, would let somebody, a new sausage maker know? Uh, if I, if I had to offer a technical tip, it would be prep, 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 because the day is going to take you longer than you think, no matter what. 
Yeah. So, so get as much as done the day before as possible. Yeah. And my, my advice for anybody that's not very, uh, that's never done sausage before is just keep your meat cold, keep the grinder cold. It'll, it'll help it out <laughs> in my mind, but for sure. The, but if you're, you're thinking about it too, like my advice is just do it, try it out, try yeah. a small batch. Um, you'll see what you like about it. Maybe you'll see something you don't like. If you make a bad batch, don't get discouraged. We've made bad batches too. It's just uh, try not to make too big of a batch, right? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, right on, man. I really uh, I really enjoyed this. It was a great Friday night. We recorded this on a Friday night, so I got to sit back, have a glass of wine, talk to you, Tristan. And then, like I said, uh, we don't get to do this too often. Usually Chase is interrupting us and uh, you know slowing down the podcast. So me and you get He's to just kind of let it flow. <laughs> yeah yeah so as you're rounding out your uh day there we just want to you know wish you if you're headed to turkey woods for one last shot like brianna is uh you know kind of good luck to in the woods if you're uh if you're setting those baits still uh hopefully keep those bait barrels full and uh the last one there being we'll say uh keep those mums close keep your keep the mums close to your heart yeah happy mother's day